This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Study Break. My name is Melody, and today I am here with Ava. Hi! Um, my name's Ava, and I'm from Nashville, Tennessee, and I know Melody because we've recently both got into Rice University, like many of your recent guests. Um, and thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited to talk about such an important topic. Today's topic will be about confidence. I feel like as high schoolers, we face a lot of different insecurities. You know, this is a time where our bodies are changing, our friends are changing, things are happening in our lives that we've never experienced before. And it can all be extremely overwhelming. And every small thing can affect our confidence as well and the way that we see ourselves. So first things first, let's chat a little bit more about how friendships and relationships can affect your confidence. So at school, the friends you make, they can either tear you down or bring you up. So choosing great friends is honestly so important. What has your experience been like being at school and meeting people? How have they affected your confidence? Yeah, I mean, for me, self-confidence and self-perception in general is something that I have actually struggled with for a while. Um, I... I think, you know, in elementary school, kind of curiosity itself and just like um, having like an outgoing nature was kind of encouraged. And so I always, you know, was choleric. I always um, was just a very like more uh, optimistic and like outgoing person. And then when I transferred schools and went into like middle school and junior high, um, I know that junior high, like some of my peers started being kind of like vocally judgmental about kids who ask a lot of questions and, you know, kind of getting, you know, when you're growing and when you're, you know, the kind of status quo starts to develop. And that's kind of when um, like people who I'd been friends with started, you know, saying out loud that they were annoyed with kids who kind of, you know, always ask questions all the time or just, I don't know, weird. And I kind of noticed I kind of fit in that box. And then I kind of worried that sooner or later it would be me that they were talking about. And unfortunately, I felt like kind of in that um, like seventh, eighth grade, even, you know, beginning of high school era, I kind of fell into like, you know, I was kind of mistreated by a lot of people. I did not fit in at all. And my self-confidence really just completely diminished from that. I totally changed myself. I remember because people told me, like physically told me like, hey, we're not going to be friends with you if you do this, this, and this. And so, I mean, what am I going to do? I'm going to try and change myself for that to try and, you know, keep my friendships, which I mean, is of course toxic when you hear about it now, but at the time, you know, I was just, I was, I thought that I needed to change myself. I was really sad. And I like, I specifically remember in like algebra two class, I would have a post-it note on the side of my desk and I would write, 
I would tally how many questions I would ask in a class each time trying to get it lower and lower because I wanted to try and not ask and talk as much because people told, told me like that was weird and it was embarrassing for me to talk a lot. I don't know. It's just weird. And so I have been in that and sorry, I'm talking so much, but no, 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 it's okay. uh, that experience and things like that completely left myself at a low point as far as self-confidence. And eventually, um, as time went on, I met better people and uh, even rekindled relationships with people who had, I guess, been mean to me or mistreated me in the past. But, and that's why I feel like um, I can, using my own account about self-confidence, I feel like I can talk about my experience because although I'm not perfect, I still totally struggle with like the mental health that is self-confidence and self-perception, but I have you know, I've been at a super low point and I am still currently trying to, to, you know, come out of that and things like that. So that's a long explanation, but that's just kind of my preface to say that I have struggled with self-confidence before. And um, I'm grateful to say that I am out of like that really low point that I was kind of at the end of middle school. Middle school is definitely a time where for some reason people just become really, really mean. And I guess it's because they want to seem cool or I don't really know what goes on inside their heads. I was going to say that it was a, it was a huge shocker for me, I think, to, um, to have like friends all of a sudden not be really distant and be sort of judgmental even to their own friends and it was just like why are you being so toxic about people that you care about and and I just didn't understand that I guess because I didn't understand that I was weird or I just wasn't I don't know how to explain it and I think also they didn't even know what they were doing because although their actions towards me they probably don't even remember those encounters. That was just like a random day to them. But to me, that's, that's affected me for multiple, multiple years. Right, exactly. Like words can make a huge impact. And I don't think people realize that enough. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah. And so um, going back to what you were talking about being an outlier, I think that's Mm -hmm. a huge part of confidence, just because you Mm -hmm. are excluded from everyone else who is kind of similar or is able to share some sort of interest and be together you know but then as someone who is outside of that bubble it feels really isolating and alone and obviously that will play into your confidence just because you might think like oh wow why am I why am I not in their friend group why do they not want to talk to me and then it's just a lot of what if I was different And what if I changed myself to be different? What if I acted more like them? If I dressed more similarly to them? And it's just this ongoing cycle, you know, and I've experienced Mm -hmm. that myself as well. Mm -hmm. Seeing people who I was like, wow, they are so cool. But then they never look at me the way I do to them. Mm -hmm. You know, I see them with shining eyes like they're my role models and then they look down on me and so it's a completely new perspective and it can be so damaging to my own identity yeah no 100% I definitely see that and I've experienced that myself and it's and it's hard because you know you can look back on yourself and be like those people shouldn't be your role models if they're treating you that way yeah that's so true I think there's a part of everyone who's like, the more someone doesn't want to talk to you, the more you kind of 
want to somehow change their mind and show them that you're a cool person. <laughs> oh my gosh, no, that's literally complete. And I'm guilty of this today, but um, still, it, and it's so, it's so sad because first of all, it's, it's sh- the fact that people are not, are either, I don't know, being mean or not talking to you or whatever. It's just, you know, it's not nice to begin with, but then for you know, you feel like it's your fault, you're doing something wrong, and you only blame yourself. And I think that that's, that can be really damaging, especially to self-confidence, because, you know, you, you feel like you deserve this pain that you're in, you're self-causing it. So then, you know, it's hard to kind of pinpoint a particular, like, problem or aspect that's causing it. You just say, oh, it must be me. It must be something that I'm doing wrong that's making this person not talk to me. Right, exactly. That is such a good point. I think when it comes to that, I guess it's both self-blame and also that feeling of guilt and pity for yourself, you know, like you, I think everyone kind of knows their worth already, but going through different experiences and seeing the way others treat you, it kind of affects the way that you view yourself, but also like how deserving you are of good things happening to you and so Mm -hmm. when it comes to friendships in the past when whenever I experienced some sort of like friendship issue where people were being a little bit meaner to me or when they were ignoring me the first thing that pops in my head was oh my gosh was I being annoying did I speak too much was I too quiet and they found me boring and it's like (laughs) right like you go through every single scenario and it's just so toxic and it's also something I guess that we (laughs) we need to work on no yes I you say that and I resonate so much because those are the exact questions I I asked myself and it was because from in my in my experience it was because people had told me that before that oh you're you know you're being quiet why should we I don't I don't know not and not any of this is verbatim but you know the impression and kind of the message that you know either oh in this conversation what did you contribute to it or you're being oh now you're talking too much and then because that stuff had been practically told to me then I started making up that an internal voice in my own head as kind of like a safeguard for other people so that I could try and prevent people from actually physically telling me that that stuff anyways. And so when that stuff eventually changed, I went to high school, like even though those people um, or those comments left, it never really left my head because I just kind of became my own, I don't know, deprecation. Yeah, definitely. It's what other people say. And then they don't understand the impact of it. And it just like resonates Mm -hmm. with you for such a long time because they're basically, I guess, critiquing your personality and like the way you behave around other people. And Mm -hmm. so it can be so like, it can cause so much insecurity about the way you act in front of other people, the way you think, and also the way you like, approach other people in general and just like speak and the way you act everything is something that you Mm -hmm. think about a million times in your head before actually doing it you know I I had a friend in the past well she's Mm -hmm. not my friend anymore but in the past she told me that like I spoke too much and I told her like too much of the quote-unquote issues I'm going on I'm going through and 
that like really hurt me because every yeah. time I would make sure to ask her like hey are you mentally okay are you busy to listen to my rants and she would always yeah. say okay and then so when she said that to me I was so hurt and it just like continued on in my life for such a long time and now I would still be scared sometimes to talk about the issues I'm going through because I'm mm -hmm. like what if they find it annoying I don't want to like hurt them like what if they're in a mentally unstable place I don't want to make something worse or, like trigger them or something like that mm -hmm. so with that like it's just endless thinking and it just it made me feel like I was being a robot almost and just acting super fake in front of other people yes. uh -huh. because it's so scripted yes and first of all you know that being a friend means listening and helping your friends so that's just you know I've feel for you. And I'm here to validate that it's okay to, you know, talk to your friends about your problems. But um, no, I completely, um, I completely understand, especially the part about like being fake. I'll, I'll never forget just like how that small comment probably to that person doesn't, you know, they don't remember or whatever, but things like that. Um, it, it's hard because even with my like, true friends now, I'm definitely not completely myself because of that. I'll never forget get when, uh, like, I don't know, outside, like, I can literally envision as if it was yesterday, people tell, like, telling me, like, you're, you don't, you talk too much. We don't want to be friends with you anymore. And after I had tried and tried to never not talk at all I didn't talk at all at lunch because I knew that they might have felt that way about me and then for them to say that out loud after I'd been trying so hard really hurt and for in that reason just like how you sometimes have that trouble of telling your problems I I don't sometimes I want to contribute something at lunch with my friends but I I hold back because I'm like what if that's weird what if I I am talking too much or something like that and there are different aspects, you know, it's not just talking so much. Other things were said to me too, and other things have creeped into my mind. But to hear, first of all, to hear that that happens to other people is really nice to hear, knowing that you're not alone in that. But it's also, it also just shows an issue that, it shows an issue that that self that self-confidence can be literally, it takes, it just takes one thing. It takes one sentence told to you. And all of a sudden that's affected you for your your relationships moving forward and same for me and it's just it you know no no one deserves that yeah exactly and I think something that a lot of people can relate to you know we all want to be funny and so sometimes <laughs> we might say little jokes and stuff and no one laughs and that <laughs> hurts so oh, much yeah. oh my oh, god yeah. the no, that's like silence <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> And in those situations, like it can also affect your confidence, even though it's like so, something so small and I guess like not a big deal, mm -hmm. but it can like invalidate you, you know, and just make you feel like, I don't know, you're not funny. People might find you boring. And it's just like all of these. What if people think I am a boring yeah. person with no personality? And it's just like, why, why do we have such negative thoughts, you know? And I think eventually when you come to realize to place less value on other people's words in the sense that it like tears down yourself and your personality mm -hmm. then you you have to like compromise and see like 
what things they say are true because sometimes they might just like fact check you you know like keep you grounded and I think that's a good thing Mm -hmm. which is very different from people who are being mean to you and saying things like you're so annoying when you talk so much like that is so different from um Mm -hmm. maybe you should talk less because you're interrupting someone like you you just shouldn't interrupt someone else when they're talking yeah Mm -hmm. so you have to yeah. kind of establish the difference and mm-hmm. I think it can definitely help a lot yeah no there's like there's a line to that crosses for sure and it's and it also there's also a mental line for about how much you're willing to kind of like you say like kind of trust a person because there are there are going to be people and it's kind of like a harsh reality that there are going to be people no matter how much you try who just aren't going to like you or just are always going to think that way about you no matter what you change no matter what you do and I mean I've done that for years I've tried to please people for years thinking that you know I was doing something wrong that that if I only did this today you know and I would base myself worth if that person made it you know, smiled at me that day or said, like, just said a few words, it'd be like, great. And it would make my day. And you can't, you can't put all of that on the, on those people. And usually those people are tend to be negative people that you shouldn't even, that aren't even worth your time thinking about as far as like, I don't know if that makes any sense. No, that does make a lot of sense. I think it's so true. Placing so much value on other people's thoughts. Yeah about Mm -hmm. you like it's so unnecessary and I guess it's just a way for us to seek validation once again that's like the key word today um Mm -hmm. but also for us to feel like we aren't being ignored you know it might be Mm -hmm. some sort of experience that we've gone through in the past or just you know I don't think anyone wants to feel alone or ignored so Mm -hmm. it's completely natural to want someone to like listen to you to laugh at your jokes to think you're hilarious it's just a process I think of understanding Mm -hmm. that sometimes when when those things happen like you just have to find a new and better support system yeah it it takes a lot of time um a, a lot of trial and error almost but in the sense of every day you know you're getting a little bit of yourself back um that you've lost in whichever experience you feel like has deteriorated your self-confidence and and it's a long process with good and bad days I feel like and and it, it can be hard especially because like a lot of like let's say and I'm sure I did this at some point like I were to look up on the internet like you know like how do you get okay again or how do you stop changing yourself for others like um, how do you build self-confidence? I feel like in things like um, just base uh, things on the internet, I suppose, um, how to not feel lonely or whatever. Um, the, the, the proper solutions like never come up. Like they'll say things like, you know, just make friends or don't have low self-esteem. And it's just like, that's not the issue. I know, you know, when I'm struggling, when I am with my friends and I still feel alone in front of them, that's not the solution. I want to know how, I want to know how I can feel better and how I can, even though I'm in a place where I know I have worth and I know that like, I deserve better treatment than I've had in the past. Like, how do you get out of that negative mindset? Yeah, I I do understand. It's just, 
it'd be nice to have like that guidance of bringing you light and darkness just mm-hmm. being able to somehow give you advice and tips or just like go inside of your mind and just think more positively have you figured out a way of easing yourself into thinking more positively when it comes to making friends and gaining more mm-hmm. confidence yeah and like i said it what it took a very long time and i'm still not perfect at self-confidence and it there are some really hard days where it's like I feel like I have the self-worth comparable to like what a rock like it can be um I don't know really it can be hard but I think like there it what's important to me has been knowing that there is a difference between being told you're not alone and knowing you're not alone um there's a difference between that and believing that you're not alone and so when you finally make that shift of, you know, people can just tell you like, oh, you're not alone, you can do this, or you even tell yourself that. But when you finally believe that you can do it, that there are people who care about you, not just knowing it, but truly like feeling it, feeling that compassion from others. And then that I think once that shift happens, that's when you can start kind of the pathway of like kind of self-healing and gaining that that confidence back. Yeah, that that is so true. I think it is a great point to make. And so going back to what you were talking about, like mm-hmm. how exactly you would reach that point of confidence, how would you answer that question? Mm-hmm. Um, I think I would answer that question by saying that trying to think because once again there's so you know you for me my self-confidence really was a social issue and for other people it can be other things so I guess like kind of a universal answer I think would be understanding that this is very normal and that it every person has gone through something of some degree before and if you it's almost like I'm trying to think of a good analogy. If you're in like a dark tunnel, right? You know that there's going to be a light. You know, like knowing that something is coming, it might take weeks, it might take months, it might take just like me and sounds like you for you too, years. Knowing that there's a light at the end of the tunnel is fine. And then what would might help you get through that would be um I would say you know, having things that you know makes you happy around you. If right now friends aren't making you happy, if right now your own mind is being kind of an enemy, finding something like um, a little light inside that tunnel would kind of almost makes an entire difference. Even while you're um, like, while you're waiting to, you know, get yourself out of there. So for me, I feel like in my experience, that was like my hobbies. I do dance, I do robotics. And that really helped me because those were things I could kind of count on always happening when I couldn't count on, you know, my mental health being the best the next day. So and it doesn't have to be activities. It can be a pet. It can be um, a family member. It could even be a, a true friend that you have. But being able to be grateful for kind of the candle that you have in the tunnel that is darkness waiting to get out of there waiting for that light so such a cringy analogy but like that that's what um I feel that is like the advice I would have and I think 
that is slowly what helped me get out of the pit of almost self-loathing that I was in. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing that. I think it was super insightful and definitely something to consider if you are currently in that dark place right now. Mm -hmm. Touching back on having low confidence in general, I know Mm -hmm. before we were chatting a little bit more about one side of the spectrum, which is gaining low self-confidence after what other people tell you and then kind of using that to diminish yourself. But then there's also the other side of the spectrum who are people who have low confidence, but then take out their anger or frustration on others instead of themselves. Yeah. So I think it's a interesting dynamic just because it's so different. And I think once in everyone's life, you will meet these two types of people. I don't know if you've ever experienced that to the point where you've like put those insecurities out on others, but I do know there's a lot of people who have done that before and feel terrible. You know, it's, it's a very guilty feeling just knowing that they put their insecurities on someone else and made others feel bad. And so to those people out there, what is something you would say to them? Um, to to the people kind of uh, just to like clarify to the people who are uh, kind of projecting their insecurities on others is yes. that okay yes um, for me I think like the road to recovery as far as you know regaining a healthy mental self perception is definitely not is very very messy. Like people kind of romanticize it like, oh no, like I don't feel good about myself. And it's it's not like that at all. And I think one of the messy aspects is that you can unfortunately, you can damage the people around you when, um, if it could be them seeing you hurt or it could be you hurting them, of course, usually unintentionally. And I totally am guilty of this too. And it's like, some of my biggest regrets is, you know, I would be so paranoid that people were constantly talking about me because, um, or, you know, I would see someone in the hallway and I'm like, oh my gosh, they're totally judging me right now. And then I would like, I would accuse that almost as like a self to like a self-defense mechanism of not wanting to get hurt. So I kind of wanted to, you know, say it out there, not, not wanting to talk to someone because I was just too, too afraid of, you know, them not liking me anymore. And then in that, just not ever talking to them again. And it's just like, you can do these things that are, they're hurting yourself, but they can, they're also hurting others. And so I guess my advice would be to, I th- and this is advice for a lot of things when it comes to like mental health, but I think the first thing is recognizing that you're doing that. And it's recognizing that, you know, first of all, it's, it's not your fault. It's not intentional, but it is, but it is happening it's hard, especially when, like I said before, there are so many different types of experiences of the causes of difference, like detriments of self-confidence. But I would say to give it time and know that it is totally okay to apologize, to talk to that person again, even if it's been a long time. And that you know, if, if assuming that the audience is kind of on the younger end, they're, at, you know, you're at an age where it's okay to make mistakes. And I think it's even more important to kind of remedy that. And if you are at a point where you don't even can talk to those people again, 
um, than just knowing that that has happened, you know, cringing at the moments where you're like, I really hope I don't want to do that again. But, you know, you have to use those lessons. And if you can't, you know, undo it or whatever, then make it a personal lesson. And that way, the evil that's been done can kind of turn into something good. I'm curious what you would say to those people as well, because that's just kind of from my experience. Yeah, no, I think that was so well said. That is just so beautiful. And I think, you know, you touched on almost everything. And especially the part about just acknowledging the fact that you did do some damage and it's going to be hard to get over that guilt, you know, especially knowing that you're not a bad, you're not a bad person. It just happened unintentionally because, you know, confidence is such a powerful thing that can affect yourself and those around you. And so, um, understanding that yes you did do some damage but not intentionally is a good way to start and of course like being able to communicate with the person I am a huge um, advocate Mm -hmm. for a good communication it's so crucial and I think one thing I do want to add on for those who are unable to communicate with the other person um, is that you should always be able to I guess, kind of forgive yourself, but also mm-hmm. learn from the mistakes, you know, like, yeah. I'm pretty sure at that point, you do understand the mistakes you've made. And you feel terribly guilty about it. But just being able to forgive yourself and just know that it did happen. And it's now time for me to move on. Um, just like you said, if it can't be remedied, that is, I guess, the only option to take. And it's going to be a harsh reality to face. But I mean, at one point, there's not going to be much to do. And so it's a very difficult question to answer. Yeah, it's like, it's a messy line, because it's, it's almost like you have to decide who's, who's so far gone, or who's worth like, you know, people who are mean to you, bullies, for lack of a better word, like, they're, they're not worth your, you know, your efforts when you, like how we mentioned earlier, there are some people who are just always going to be mean, who are always going to disrespect, you know, your act, yourself when you don't deserve it. But then there are also people, friends who might understand that you're struggling and are in that relationship is worth rekindling or worth trying to salvage, I guess. So it, it's, it's very, it's a messy process of discovering who those people are. And I have people in my life, like, um, who are, who are my friends, who were some of the people who used to, in my, in, in my experience, um, not be entirely nice to me years prior, but then there are also people who, um, I knew that it wasn't worth trying that because they're just never going to change. They're always going to have stigmas about other people. And so it can be, it can be messy trying to figure out who's who. Right, exactly. There is definitely a fine line between those who, are willing to acknowledge the mistakes they've made and are willing to change and apologize and try to fix things, you know, but then there's also the group of people who just don't care anymore. And I think in those instances, it's, it's really sad, honestly, because I do hope they realize like, it's also Mm -hmm. just like their own insecurities and their lack of confidence that is causing these thoughts, you know, but I think there comes a point where just understanding 
on both sides of the spectrum if you are the person being mean to others or if you are the ones receiving those mean comments for both types of people it's being able to reconcile those differences and being able to regain that confidence everyone makes mistakes even if you've said mean things or if you haven't like Mm -hmm. we all made some sort of mistake in our life and it's just about moving on from that learning from the mistakes Mm -hmm. yeah and I think that's definitely something to take away is that it that's a part of the process and it's it's okay and you know just going through all of the mess of it all it's okay it's a learning process but also knowing that you deserve um you like learning that you don't deserve to be treated that way and it takes a very it, for me at least it took a very long time to be able to say like oh i don't deserve that that I don't deserve to either say that to other people, they don't deserve that from me. And then also if you're on the receiving end of also knowing like, knowing when to step back. And it, this can be a very hard thing, especially when um, in, in, my, in my experience, it was like my own friends doing that to me. You know, that can be one of the most hardest things to do is to, is to realize that, that you need to step back. Yeah, understanding like others are in unintentionally speaking down mm-hmm. on you. It's mm-hmm. it's a hard thing to be able to accept, I guess, because we expect our friends to somehow be 24-7 supportive and be super nice. But I think mm-hmm. realizing that everyone has their flaws and everyone has mm-hmm. bad days, the way that people show that they're having bad days might not be the Mm -hmm. best or the healthiest but (laughs) it's you know at least you're able to understand that and have a conversation Mm -hmm. and sort things out and see what can be done how you can help them in Mm -hmm. you know having more I guess having healthier thoughts and ways to cope yeah no I completely agree wow that was that was a deep conversation. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's such a it's it's such a I feel like not talked about topic and it's especially as as someone who kind of like went through that of uh, you know being having low self confidence. I feel like it's important to speak about because there was no resources to go to go to to um at that time. You feel so alone. And I think that is, that is the worst part about having low self-confidence is that you feel alone in my experience, at least. And so, you know, being able to talk about it, being able to tell other people that, um, that it gets better is uh, first of all, important to me because I went through that, but I feel like it's just important in general for everyone. Yeah, exactly. I, I love that. That is so true. And just, oh my God, I'm reliving that moment and just thinking about how I coped with it I think it's really interesting because you know I am someone who is terrified of loneliness just because I'm an only child I've been alone but being alone and feeling lonely is like two completely different things yes yes and so Mm -hmm. 
feeling alone is like one of the worst feelings in the entire world you feel like no one understands what you're going through if you explain things there might be people who are gaslighting you and are like are you sure you're sad like it's not that serious yeah Um, and it's just hard to go through that by yourself but um I remember at that time when I was coping through coping with low self-esteem and um Mm -hmm feeling super lonely and just having gone through like a lot of friendship troubles I've made some dumb decisions in my life and I wish I didn't do it those were like my biggest regrets but I'm also kind of grateful to have that experience just because it did shape who I am today and allowed me to see the bigger picture of what's important what I should prioritize more and like finding good friends, who I should look for in a good friend. And it also taught me how to communicate with others better because, oh my gosh, communication can save relationships. Yeah, I could not have said that better myself. You learn so much about yourself through that and about self-worth and just your, your own identity through that. And you know, it has its downs, but that's like, that's literally a part of life. I mean, what's the point if you're, if you had an entire like melancholic life, it's not, it's not, it's not interesting. That's not what makes life worth living. It's, you know, learning about who you are, learning about what makes, you know, friendships, relationships, it's, it's all connected and self-confidence is a huge part of that and for some people you have to find it and it's for some people it comes naturally and I will forever be jealous of those people (laughs) but true yeah for others you have you it's a process and I'm very I'm grateful that I'm on the healing process and I'm also so glad that you feel like that you've gotten better with that too yeah oh my gosh we love that (laughs) yes self-confidence journey period we are heading the right way I think if you're listening to this podcast you're already taking a huge first step so we are very proud of you yes 100% you can do it and you will do it I think that is a good place to end this episode so this will be a two-parter talking about confidence So this episode was about friendships, relationships, and then the next episode will be on social media and body images. So be sure to stay tuned. Ava, where can my listeners connect with you? Yeah, if you um, want to follow my personal Instagram, it's ava.tinal. And if you ever want to message me about anything you might be going through, please feel free. Don't hesitate to reach out. Um, And then also, if you... Um, are a person who is a part of the art community or science community or both together. Um, I'm a part of uh, SciArt Party, which is um, which is a platform for people like for a community for people who enjoy the pursuit of both science and art. And that Instagram is at um, SciArt Party, S-C-I-A-R-T-P-A-R-T-Y. Also be sure to follow Study Breaks Instagram at the Study Break podcast (laughs) and tune into your favorite podcast app. Follow Study Break there and stay tuned for a new episode every Tuesday. Thank you all so much for listening and have a great day. See you next week. (laughs) Bye. Bye.